Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. My name is Derek Johnson filling in for Rick Gerard. Welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Our purpose is to provide solutions to solve the most difficult hiring challenges to secure the best talent to ensure your company's success. Today, our very special guest is Robert W. Price. Robert enjoys a world renown as an expert in the field of entrepreneurial capitalism. He is the executive director for the Global Entrepreneurship Institute and has a bio that looks like it could belong to three people. As I mentioned, Robert is the executive director of the Global Entrepreneurship Institute. Founded in 1996 as a 501c3 nonprofit organization, the Global Entrepreneurship Institute educates and supports over 500,000 entrepreneurs in 195 countries each year. Its mission is to spread wealth creation by encouraging entrepreneurship and sharing knowledge to those who educate and support entrepreneurs. Working as a business incubator, it helps entrepreneurs launch new businesses, grow them across national borders, and facilitate introductions to investors, professional service providers, and other entrepreneurs. As a mentor and advisor, Robert helps emerging growth companies with strategic planning, business planning, angel, venture capital financing, strategic alliances, and new business development. Using his exclusive roadmap to entrepreneurial success, he has helped entrepreneurs raise over $100 million. As an author, he has written or edited more than a dozen books on entrepreneurship. His books are required reading at Harvard Business School, Stanford University, UCLA, USC, Wharton, Caltech, and many more leading universities and colleges around the world. His work has been translated into more than 10 languages. As an educator, Robert created Roadmap to Silicon Valley, an exclusive travel course to Silicon Valley in San Francisco. The course provides a real-world introduction to the process of financing and growing entrepreneurial ventures. The students visit with venture capitalists, investment banks, professional service providers, and master entrepreneurs. Robert received two prestigious awards from Pepperdine University for his community service as a social entrepreneur, the George Pepperdine Waves of Service Award, and George Al Grazidio Community Service Award. He was also honored as a semifinalist in the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year program and was a TEDx presenter in Latin America. Born in the United States, he has lived and worked or studied in Spain, Germany, France, Austria, Colombia, and Mexico. He speaks Spanish, German, and French. Robert earned his MBA from Pepperdine University in Malibu, California, and a bachelor's degree in international studies from Ohio State University in Columbus, Ohio. Robert, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's great to be here and be working with all the entrepreneurs you've been supporting and educating over the years with your program. I really appreciate it. Great to have you here. I'm I'm so blown away with your background. Uh, you've done extensive research on the entrepreneurial life cycle. Walk us around that and, and explain why it's important for entrepreneurs to understand it. That's a great place to start because what we want to do is sort of look like with the, the bigger picture of things before we drill down into some of the key topics that you guys have been discussing on your program. Um, the life cycle goes through seven stages, seven big distinct stages. So this is like the every type of business is going to be going through these stages, and we'll just cover these real quickly. 
the first stage is is you know what we call opportunity recognition so sort of like looking around trying to find out what do you see the second thing you want to be able to do is learn how to drill down and start focusing on something specific out of those looking at those you know big opportunity picture the third stage is going to be the commitment of resources, sort of like, hey, you know, let's really jump in and get something done, uh, get the business plan going. The fourth stage is going to be about, you know, you got to make a business now. Business is selling something. The market entry. The market entry, exactly. So it's about, oh my gosh, we have to jump right in, go to a trade show, sell stuff. The, the fifth stage is going to be, Figuring out what type of growth strategy are you going to have? Yeah, the full so what, launch, right? The full launch. You're either going to be on the on the rocket pad and just you know go into a, a, a space and launch around, or you're going to be able to stay small for a little while. Um, then you want to get to the the sixth stage is beginning to to mature the company out, build the, the company expansion, right? And, and even exactly good point. Even global expansion could be something you want to consider. So with uh, um. The, the expansion is, it's where you, in, in, uh, stage six, it's where you think about, well, are we going to stay small? Are we going to bring on the professional management team? And then finally, we have the, uh, the stage seven, which is the harvest and the exit, you well, know. The liquidity so, event. Yeah, the liquidity. It's like, what are we in business for? You know, we're trying to commit the resources, get the business going, and we have, want to be able to have something to come back, you know, harvesting from, from the, the seeds that we sow. Wow, that's that's a lot of great information. Yeah. We've literally spent hours talking about that. Let's let's drill down a little bit deeper and, and let's talk about what happens after the first round of funding. So let's talk more about stage three that the, those commitment of resources. Oh, that's an excellent excellent uh, place to start on, on in our discussions because what happens is as the entrepreneurs, you know, you become co-founders. You're saying, okay, we want to start a business and you know incorporate the business. Hey, who do we want to have in the ditches or in the trenches with us, you know, battle buddies is what we call them. And then you want to be able to put together the business plan and figure out, hey, we want to go out and start raising money. So then along those lines, wow, you know, you're, you're, you're raising money and all of a sudden you have to like, you know, put the plan into action, do something. And it's sort of like at that stage, you go, well, you're looking around. Hey, we just can't build this with battle buddies. We need to build out a team. Which leads to your first outside hires. Oh, exactly. So it's like, hey, what do you do once you get the money? And to, you know, getting to the first outside hires is so key because you have to look at your, what we call the organizational capabilities. Excuse me. So. You want to be able to think about, wow, you know, do we have, uh, the financial capabilities? Do we have the, uh, marketing capabilities? And do we have the technological capabilities? Now, let me take a breath, like Robert, take a breath. Hey, so with, with the, um, along the lines of the financial capabilities, it's really key because you have to go, are we going to make money back for the investors? Do you have someone, you know, in your battle buddies in the trenches with you that know how to, you know, put together a revenue model and make some money? Um, and then the other uh, capability is going to be about the, the marketing capabilities. And this is like, do you have someone in your team and your capabilities, the DNA? Do you have someone that knows how to put together a product, put together something and being able to go out and, and, and feel the way out in the market, you know, and, and make a sale? We're all about, right. you know, trying to figure out how to make a sale. Um, and then finally, you know, as these capabilities, you have to think about, do we actually have the, the technological capabilities? Do we have 
someone who knows how to code this, how to code that, how to get something launched. And it's really key and, and, and tough to know, you know, where you have gaps, especially in this one with the technological capabilities, because there's so many different, you know, let's just say devices, applications, connections with these, you know, this now sexy term is the uh, Internet of Things, IoT. It's like, wow. So, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you're sitting there with your co-founders and you go, well, you know, we got some of these capabilities, sort of like the 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 the, the DNA is getting you know filtered out and figured out and, and put together for our business. But then you know what? You know, you just come along and it's like, wow, uh, you know, we have to you know actually figure out you know get the people hired. Well, I was going to say, so at that point, you know, what are the key positions that need to be filled initially? How, how do you go about making sure that you're getting the right people? Oh, see, this is so important because uh, it's a, a good topic there. Um, because what you have to do, you have to look at your, you know, gap analysis and you have to sit there and go, wow, what are some of the key critical hires based off of what we have? You know, you can't just, it's sort of like with, with the, the uh, co-founders, it's like, you know, everybody's wrapped up in doing something. Oh, you're on my desk or on my desk. But then all of a sudden, once you get the money and you have to build this business out, you know, the, the, the uh, people that you're hiring have to have, you know, a particular hat. Right. One of the most important hats is going to be what? The marketing and new business development. And I can't tell you how many times, you know, we've been working with entrepreneurs. You go facilitate introduction to an investor and it's like, listen, they're going to be asking this. They're going to be going, Hey, how are you going to, you know, move the needle and sell something? New business development is so key and so important. So, so what happens? What are some of the common mistakes you've seen, uh, startups when they've gotten that first round of funding and they're looking to, uh, to hire those people aboard? Oh, that's very key because remember, once you look at the gap, it's going to have to be like, you know, hey, we need someone that puts a hat on that can actually do something. Hey, this is a, a you know, a marketing person and this is a technology person. And so what happens is, you know, especially in, in the IT world, do, developing technologies and stuff, the, the, uh, founders are, you know, co-founders are most, you know, centered or centric on technology. So I'm getting to the point, like make a point, Robert. It's sort of like, wow, they want to keep thinking we need to build out the product. Mm. And so it's like build out another one, build out another one. Remember, one of the first, the first uh, key hires is going to be, no, start making some money. You know, go to the trade show and sell something, getting a check that clears. Right. So, I mean, hey, Robert, answer the question. The question, you know, is sort of like you have to figure out what the gap is, but you have to start making money. So that's going to be centered around new business development, you know, to get something done and sold. Do you have any best practices that you've seen companies, or I should say some of the big mistakes that they've made in the past when they hired those first people on board? Yeah, excellent point. And so what happens is they think, oh, okay, step aside, you know, so-and-so's coming in. This is the marketing hat or new business development hat. And, um, they either, you know, don't have the techno, uh, technological, uh, capabilities where, where they can sit there and go, oh my gosh, I know this space. I know what's missing with the product. Let's do this to make the product better and then sell it. What happens is they're not even from the space. That's a problem. Yeah, it's it's sort of like, well, it's not a problem with some of the entrepreneurs we work with because we tell them, hey, don't be like, you know, carving out this big part of your your check to say, oh, we're going to go get, you know, some suit that's going to be making the first sale that's never, you know, done anything in so, this space. So he lacks the subject matter expertise. All, excellent. 
It's exactly that. It's like, oh my gosh, they're not even, you know, from this space. It's sort of like, you know, who's the first person you're going to call? And they go like, you know, step aside. I'm from, you know, another industry niche and I'm a big leader. So, you, so you've mentioned the sales and the business development aspects. What other key positions need to be filled in that first team? Oh, you're right about that. So what happens is you have to think about, wow, you know, we're going to need, you know, just the, the, the housekeeping and, and keeping the, the, um, the books together is going to be really key because you're going to have a, a an investor is going to want occasional reports and stuff like that. Um, depending on, um, you know, do you, what happens is, are you shipping a box? Are you making a product? So you're going to need, you know, operational and warehousing, uh, someone that knows, wow, you know, how to put a label on and get something done. Uh, are you, you know, co-manufacturing or are you, uh, manufacturing in-house? So you're going to need someone that's involved with manufacturing. Um, and then just general business skills. So, you know, you can be looking to get high quality business people that don't necessarily need to be in the space, but they can be organizing and someone that can answer the phone well. Operational. Operational right. is very key. Yeah. Right. So, so we're coming up close to the break here. Uh, before we go, could you, Concisely saying about a minute or less, what the biggest mistakes are, generally speaking, with regards to getting that first team brought on board? Yeah, uh, that's a uh, great way to, to help, you know, center on, on a takeaway for this first segment is realizing, you know, the strands of the DNA, your capabilities, you know, the, the technological, the marketing and financial. And so this is sort of like, you know, your battle buddies, your co-founders can share these capabilities, but all of a sudden, you know, you're going to have to sit there and bring someone in and go, hey, you know what? Do this. And you have to carve something out. And it's like, okay, put the hat on your marketing, put the hat on, you're doing, you know, product development. So, you know, what big thing they need to do is learn how to itemize and sort of make pretty specific, hey, here's tasks and responsibilities that someone's going to have to get when we go get that person. So what you're saying is there's a challenge in that a lot of the key founders have to be able to uh, wean themselves from a lot of the work they've been doing, bring someone on board who's better at them and step put aside their ego so they can step aside, let someone in, take it to the next level. Hey, oh, that was perfect. Great wrap up. You're a good translator for me. <laughs> nice, nice. We are talking to Robert W. Price, the executive director of the Global Entrepreneurship Institute. We need to take a quick break, but make sure you, you stick around. When we come back, we are going to go over some great questions that investors will ask entrepreneurs about their teams. You're listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard giving you access to recruiting techniques that will help you hire key talent to build your company towards real success. Rick is a recruiting executive and entrepreneur who's been successfully recruiting in the aggressive Silicon Valley technology landscape for the past two decades. After a very successful stint at Apogee, he founded Stride Search in 2012. Based on a lean efficiency model, Stride has uniquely positioned itself as a leader in retained search for the most critical talent hires within a small organization. Whether you're a startup executive or recruiting professional, by listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard, you will walk away with skills to help you attract and hire great talent. Now back to Higher Power with Rick Gerard. Welcome back to the Higher Power Radio Show. I am your host, Derek Johnson, filling in for Rick Gerard, and we are talking to Robert W. Price, Executive Director of the Global Entrepreneurship Institute. Now, before the break, we were discussing about what happens after you get your first round of funding and how to start building out your team. Now, 
Let's get over, go over some great questions that investors will ask entrepreneurs about their teams. Uh, I've done some reading, and Robert, you call them your value point questions. Yeah, they're value point questions because you know I can't even make them up, and the people we're working with, you know, can't, couldn't make these up. These are real questions that you know when we've been sitting in working with, uh, you know, at the deal table, whether we're on the the uh, uh, the source side with the venture capital or the demand side of the entrepreneurs. But these are you know we sort of look for questions that the investors will ask the entrepreneurs because we want to help prep the entrepreneurs as we're going forward, you know, and, and mentoring them and facilitating the introductions to get their money. Right. And, and in your book, uh, one of your books, you write about uh, the three main questions. And the first one is, what positions are most important for moving the needle in your business? And what is your plan for filling them? Oh, that just brings up so many stories that, you know, where we're working with entrepreneurs and it's like, you know, it, it rings to the point where, oh my gosh, you know, they don't have this available. They haven't thought about this. And, um, it's, it's so important in, in a technological space or, you know, the, especially with the, um, uh, Android and Apple. We call them sort of like camps or platforms. And we've worked with this, uh, one entrepreneur that says, Oh my gosh, you know, we're starting to raise money. Uh, we got the money and then we want to go out and build this big, uh, product line catering to something all, all, you know, all the different Apple devices, Apple platform or Apple camp and all the different uh, Android camp. And so what happened was, is we started doing a little bit of research and helping them look at, oh my gosh, you know, to get a market entry, to get something sold, you have to be very specific and something, you know, that works very well. Uh, because, you know, if you put it on, uh, you know, uh, the play uh, platform to try and get some, uh, uh, you know, traction going, right. sales traction, if it, if, if it starts going down like this, it sort of drops like a rock. So what the heck am I saying? Um, we looked at all their different ideas or product scenarios of, you know, each different application. And you go, you know, you're going to have to, like, cut it down, if not really cut it in half, in half meaning, okay, you're either on the Android camp or you're either on the uh, um, Apple camp with the product platform. Just because it's so granular on how to get your products launched and, you know, get into that space. So one of the things with, with feel, filling out the teams that we've noticed is that a lot of times the founders try to bring in their buddies from school, college, what have you. Uh, have, have you noticed that that's the norm and how do uh, venture capitalists and angel investors respond to that? Yeah, that's really, it's, it's tough because, you know, if they're not brought in on the co-founder and, you know, the, the, the technical definition or SEC uh, definition, Securities Exchange Commission definition would be, is that someone that's been around when the company was, was, uh, incorporated? Um, so if they're not around there, it's sort of like you really have to, to have a filter and go, look, are these guys, you know, when they put the hat on, the product development hat, are they going to put on, you know, the marketing hat? Are they really going to be working, you know, and, and, you know, moving the needle and getting stuff done? Um, and so what happens is sort of like if it's a buddy, it can be like, well, you know, give them another break or let them do this. And it's detrimental to the team that you're starting to put together. It's like, oh, so-and-so comes in late or they, you know, they put these metrics out and they couldn't meet them. So in terms of moving the needle, because you mentioned that term a couple of times, what are the ways that a new hire is expected to move the needle and, and what's the best way of making sure you're bringing someone on board who can move the needle? Assuming that you're not bringing out one of your buddies from school or what have you, that you're, you're seeking outside for that expert who's going to move the needle. What are you looking for specifically? The, 
it's very key. You know, uh, I think I get most uh, enjoyment to see, you know, working with companies to, to put the, 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 the missing gap, filling in the missing gap for new business development. Because it's sort of like, wow, you know, make a big strategic connection. And, and it's... And it's so important in, in the technological space, in the IT space, to sort of get the big connection, uh, uh, you know, you know, branded by or, you know, powered by or something like that. And the people coming in or the new business developer coming in needs to go, okay, I can make that connection. So trying to get back to the question to get something solved, it's like, wow, you know, when you're fielding, you know, potential new business developers, it's like, you know, we're trying to get a connection to them. Do you know the connection? How would you get that? And that's irrelevant. What's going to be your best buddy or it's a person that you saw at a trade show and you go, wow, let's get them off, you know, uh, that carpet, you know, in a, in a, in a hold, you know, they're already employed with a company. Let's right. get them over on our company. Okay. So what you're saying then is, <laughs> is whether you're bringing someone who on board who may be a buddy from the past or is a subject matter expert from a different company, you're looking for someone who's got those pre-existing relationships that they can bring with them. Absolutely. That's, that's a, again, another great translation as I'm just going around because that's so key. It's like, oh my gosh, this person's just, as we say, you know, just pick up the phone and they're, they're picking up a phone and just a phone call away from getting that deal done. Or at least, you know, the connection, facilitating the connection and, and the talks. So, uh, the next question you, uh, you say is asked quite a bit, uh, or I should say that you've mentioned that venture capitalists and angel investors ask is this. Have the founders begun to delegate and let go of critical decision making, or do they still maintain the veto power over all significant decisions? Explain that to us. Yeah, and why this is so important in our, you know, education support with the entrepreneurs we're mentoring is because this is something where they're not really realizing is like, oh my gosh, you know, if you, if you drew like a, a organizational chart, all the, you know, activities go to somebody's, if not one person's desk, maybe one or two desks. And it's like, oh my gosh, uh, uh, you know, you're going to have to, to split this apart and, and start thinking about, you know, as like we talked about earlier, when you're bringing someone in, you know, can you give them a sheet and say, Hey, here's the people to talk to. Here's the people to call. Here's the activities you're supposed to be doing. Um, we sort of like to have fun with this one story with uh, Michael Dell. We all know Michael Dell and mm -hmm. the products and stuff like that. And then, you know, we think about in the earlier days when he's like trying to build this big, huge idea and, and build what we know as Dell company. Um, he kept having people come in and bothering him and going like, you know what, you know, the a quarter, we lost a quarter in the Coke machine. And they kept like bugging him all the once in a while. And, you know, and he's like going, why are you guys bugging me? And he opens up the drawer and it's like, you know, because you got the key to the Coke machine. Wow. Yeah. So, so it's, it's literally the lesson learned as, you know, as we say to people, who's got the key to your Coke machine? Get rid of it. You don't need something like that on your desk. So there's, there's an issue of why, why do you suppose it's hard for people to delegate? Is it an ego issue? Are they worried that, that it's a micromanaging thing? What, do you, what are the challenges with that? You didn't set me up with that, did you? It's like, <laughs> it's like it's their baby. Yeah. These are co-founders and this goes back to like, okay, you know, in the commitment of resources, remember these are co-founders, battle buddies. Right. You know, they could have been thinking about this idea like stage one. We talked about opportunity recognition for one month or 10 years and all of a sudden they're battle buddies. They've committed. Okay. Let's do this. And all of a sudden it's going to be like, well, you know, oh my gosh, uh, we used to keep track of the uh, quarters lost in the coke machine. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, so you're moving to that next level and, and where you can delegate and so your company can expand because if you don't delegate, if you don't let go of the reins, your company will not grow, which which actually leads us to the next question, uh, again, uh, from your book. Uh, and, and it's really an interesting question in terms of culture. It's, does your culture encourage growth and innovation or kill it? Do you need to bring in new people and consultants with the skill sets to help you grow? Talk to us about that. Yeah, this is, gets down to... Um, you know, they're trying to make the one product to get the product going and you need to keep building out the iterations or new product, uh, you know, roadmap. And this gets back to, you know, you think about, uh, even in the earliest days of Google, they were like going, Oh my gosh, is this going to be a one trick pony? You know, to stand on one leg and everyone claps. And so this gets down to, Oh my gosh. Can we have our people, you know, that are either selling in the field, get some feedback, you need a product development here, you need a product iteration, or, you know, can you solve this problem too? Or can you have like, uh, so this is, that's actual right in the pipeline where you have someone's in the field, pressing flesh, trying to sell something, and they can deliver feedback right to, you know, the, the product roadmap team or someone's trying to build out the new product. Or are you going to be able to spread sort of like an openness throughout your organization and go, hey, anyone that comes with this idea, they get advanced. Right. You know, it, you know, it can be someone driving to work who opens up mail at your office and go, hey, you know what? This does this, this does this. You want to be able to say, hey, let's put this into, you know, the hopper, the cooker, whatever, you know, internal entrepreneurship and see, can we get, you know, a new new generation of a product or even a new business development, uh, uh, you know, uh, opportunity or unit going out? That's interesting. In terms of uh, our experience in uh, executive search is it's really important to get that culture fit. I mean, it, it's people pay lip service to it, but there's some people who just don't fare well in that early stage company or even the mid-stage company. There's some people who need to be with a, a big blue and IBM or a Cisco. And, and when we're talking to potential candidates, when we're helping them build that team, um, we weed out a lot of those people because we realize these guys will not be able to handle the frenetic pace of, a, of the early stage startup. <laughs> That's so funny because it's like when you go out and you start, you know, meeting with uh, maybe someone who's going to be working on new business development. They could be like a consultant, you know, help bring in new ideas. And then you want to go, you know, put together not necessarily an all hands meeting, but maybe a couple of the, the co-founders. And you're going to go meet maybe the original investor for update or something like that. So, you know, make a point, Robert. So it's sort of like, you know, when you meet in the parking lot or you're meeting in the elevator ready to go up. You sort of see how they're dressed and how they're acting. I mean, wow, you know, they're not going to fit with us because they're from, like you're saying, a whole different culture over here, and it's not going to work with us. So those things need to get to fleshed out. I guess that's, you know, probably a big, uh, you know, resource you guys provide is you guys, you know, as a human resources can do the initial fleshing out right. before it's like, okay, well, meet in the bottom of the elevator if you go, you know, up and you know, these folks aren't going to fit. <laughs> You're right. Absolutely. One, one of the challenges that some companies have come to us is that, you know, we brought someone on board. We thought that they were going to a good fit. No one bothered to even think about, are they going to culturally fit? Do the, the, does the personality or temperament fit what we're looking for? And that's one of the things that we really focus on quite a bit. So you're spot on. You bring up a lot of really good points. I mean, we, we're running, uh, towards the bottom of the hour for the end of the show and, I could keep you here for hours, and hopefully uh, Rick brings you back uh, for more conversations. But with that said, what what are your final thoughts? Any any advice or suggestions that you would give to the entrepreneurs who've got that 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 are building out their team and, and want to make sure they do it right and don't step on any minefields? 
um, you know, the minefields we call, you know, minefields can be disastrous is, you know, something you're just walking along and all of a sudden, you know, you blow off your foot, you blow off your leg and then, you know, you get maimed and other uh, investors for follow around financing will see that you've had problems. I would say probably start to think about uh, once you get a little bit of calmness, I guess, you know, you get the first money going and commitment of resources, starting to get some sales, checks it clear is to start thinking about uh, in chunks of like three to five years out, start thinking about, oh, my gosh, what are some of the big issues we need to cover? And, you know, with the, especially with the human resources, who you know, if we're going into this direction, who's going to be able to help us get in this direction? Right. And, and you know, the strategic thinking three to five years out. Three to five years out. That's where it all has to go. So we are just about out of time for today's show. Robert, thank you so much for sharing your <laughs> tremendously valuable insight for our audience. And welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show community. Uh, now, for those who want to f- keep uh, tabs on you and follow up with you and learn more about you, your services, and the Global Entrepreneurship Institute, what is the best way for our community to reach out to you and find out more? Well, we're online. Thanks. And thanks for having me. This is a great opportunity. You know, I, I love uh, sharing the ideas and experience everything that we had. So we're easily, uh, uh, you can find us real easy online at gcase.org. That's G-C-A-S-E dot org. That's the Global Community for Advancing Studies and Entrepreneurship. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And and I highly recommend our listening audience go out and get your books, uh, required reading for any entrepreneur everywhere. I want to thank you to uh, thank our listening audience for tuning in to this week's episode of Higher Power. A quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Paul Roberts, our producers, Andrea Balin, Shanti Ryle, and our executive producer, Kim Iverson. To listen to this show or any past episodes, check out higherpowerradio.com. That's H-I-R-E, higherpowerradio.com, or Higher Power Radio on iTunes. And for the latest insights on the show, follow us on Twitter and our Facebook page, Higher Power Radio Show, and follow Rick on Twitter, and that's at Rick underscore Gerard, G-I-R-A-R-D, at Rick Gerard. Rick will be back next week, so be sure to tune in. Rick's guest will be Usama Koff, employment attorney at Fisher Phillips. They will be discussing why your job description can set your company up for a lawsuit. I'm your host, Derek Johnson, and you've been listening to Higher Power Radio. Thank you for listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard on OC Talk Radio.